Hey everybody, this is Ben from the Playing With Power podcast, phoning it in, quite literally. I didn't have uh, time to uh, sit down with uh, Mike to talk over the issues I picked, so I figured I'd uh, go over them myself and he can splice in his audio, add commentary, wherever he'd like. Except I didn't. I have to go to work, so this is the only interjection I will make. Thanks for the opening though, Ben. Maybe next time we can actually talk. So first up, my pick is, I believe it was issue five, uh, that had our guest, our first guest ever, Richard Reeder, on the show. And uh, Rich ran a, uh, a limited-run podcast called uh, Techno Babble with uh, our co-host Mike for uh, a little while. And uh, that's what inspired me to get the start show finally started with Mike when I heard him on a podcast. I was like, no, no, I, I need to have a podcast with Mike. So uh, we got Rich on the show, and uh, it was just a great episode. I thought it was, you know, we're finally starting to get in the groove of doing the podcast thing, and uh, he, he was a great guest and provided a lot of banter, and I remember specific segments about Bayou Billy and uh, crack shooting and uh, all that kind of stuff. So that's, that's one of the more memorable ones for me, so listen on and enjoy. Thank you. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Playing With Power podcast for the year 2016. Actually, we're going back in time to read the first issue in 1989, which would be issue number, what number are we on here, six, five? Issue number five, and it's March, March April, April of 1989. Woot. And, and let's talk about the cover, Ninja well, Gaiden. Gaiden? Well, for, first, Gaiden? who the hell are we? Oh, yeah, that's true. I'm your host, Ben, and uh, I've been out for a few weeks. I had some uh, my tonsils removed and some sinus surgery done right before Christmas, so I apologize to the listeners if they feel like I'm overly stuffy and or uh, on medication. All that is true. So my co-host with me is Mike King. Hi. And this is a very special episode because not only are we bringing in 2016 with an amazing new microphone setup, that's why I sound so damn awesome, we also have a new feature, a guest. This, if, you, if you're familiar with my uh, other podcast, the Technobabble podcast on the Geek Fallout Network, you'll recognize my co-host slash producer, Rich Reader. Say hi to everyone, Rich. Oh, am I supposed to be able to talk now? Yes. We've, we've already been recording for, what, 30 minutes? And you guys haven't let me get in, a word in edgewise, so <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was allowed to talk yet. You don't like our lengthy intro? <laughs> it's a nice 30-minute pre-intro. <laughs> the pre-show. We just got to make sure we get you all lubed up first before we get to town. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for joining us, Rich. Glad to have our first guest, guest on the uh, podcast. Glad to be the so, first guest. Uh, I hope you uh, took a, had a chance to take a look at the the issue. And uh, now, you, both of you guys are from. Uh, to clarify, both of you guys are, are you both from Ottawa, Canada? Yes. yes. All right. And uh, I'm from the uh, good old U.S. of A. from uh, sunny Phoenix, Arizona. So uh, I am now outnumbered on this podcast. The Canadians so are taking it. I'll, over. I'll try to hold my own. The Canadians yeah, are we're coming. coming, eh? That's right. Oh, oh no. Oh, the, uh, I bet you there's a porno that has that line oh, in it. Oh, God. Oh, I'm coming, eh? 
<laughs> and then the British, it's I'm arriving. Lovely. I'm arriving. <laughs> oh man, this podcast is derailed already. And All if right. It's, and if it's like some Shakespearean porno, then it's like something wicked this way <laughs> comes. <laughs> oh my God. Lovely. Okay. So let's go ahead and get started with the cover of this issue, which is Ninja it, Gaiden. I think it depends where you're from. Yeah. Ninja Gaiden. I was I always we, said Gaiden as a kid. We have a we have a we have a guest on our show, and his name is not Chris Gaida. That's true. It's Gaida. So, okay, that's how we're gonna that's how we're gonna that I is gonna be very important in how we address this. And yep, we are looking at Ninja Gaiden. This is a game I've had very well. I thought I had experience playing this game, but then I was looking for the first level boss that I remember fighting. And uh, then it realized I was confusing this game with Wrath of the Black Manta. So I never played this game, but it looks fantastic. And uh, the man on the cover, we have no idea who this is, <laughs> but he's looking pretty dope in his black, in his black uh, gi outfit. Uh, the big question I have is, what the bloody hell is he holding on to? Yes! It looks, like the en- it looks like the end of a piece of yellow I rope. thought it was like a dart or an arrow or something. I always thought it was like a chicken bone. Like, he had just, like, squashed, like, a drumstick in his hand, and, like, the end of it, like, the bone was, like, sticking out. Well, <laughs> if you, like if you zoom in, like you can actually see that he does <laughs> have a rope going from one hand to another. It looks like. But you have to zoom in really closely to be able to see ah, it. Ah, I see. I thought it was... <laughs> I, I thought it was just damage on the, uh, of the scan. That no, it's just as bad in the real print, to be honest. Oh, so, well, there you go. Then he's holding a really poorly illuminated rope. Let's put a black rope on top of a guy wearing yeah, all exactly. black and see if people can recognize what's going on. Now, <laughs> I, I was taken by the uh, image that's illuminated by the moon and, uh, well, the moon <laughs> and the moon. Yeah, the other moon. <laughs> a moon this within is... a moon. And then this a giant like, uh, mountainous yeah, castle almost. If it's, if it's a crescent moon in front of the moon, why is there a blue So orb that you can tell it's a moon. It? What the bloody hell? Yeah. But this, Come on, man. <laughs> in front of the moon. So this this is on the, uh, it's on the forest half of Tatooine. Yeah, it looks like a little bit like the eyeball of the Death Star, to be honest. Yeah. And, oh uh, my goodness, this is a crossover. I was going to say the the mountain actually kind of looks like um, Dracula's castle from uh, I was going to say like Emerald City or uh, like from Oz or something like that (laughs) or maybe like the the one from um, the never-ending story sort of thing yeah I don't know that's kind of what it reminds me of very fantasy like yes very so that's the uh, cover and it, it promises amazing goodies inside like the explosive TMNT that is a red hot preview more Link Adventures, and to commemorate the CES of 2016, we're going to time travel to the CES of 1989, where it has a game tour and a contest, so can't wait to see what that promises, what that delivers. Huzzah. Uh, And the inside cover is just the typical kid writing a a series of video games on his surfboard, and he is just... Like again, none of these are secured. He's going to lose his games. This is just irresponsible 
uh, gaming. I know you want to take your adventures with you, but this is just reckless, and this kid's asking for trouble. Still love the friendship bracelets and the uh, sunglasses dipped onto the tip of his nose, and he has his mouth open like, whoa, dude. Whoa. Radical. You know what he reminds awesome. me of is Surf Ninjas, the movie Surf Ninjas. Oh, yeah. I think he <laughs> might have been the inspiration for yeah. this, for that movie. It's hilarious, and it's so bad. But you know what? Did you guys read the little blurb? Yes. Well, we probably did in a previous episode. So but, uh, tell me what I, you think. I think of it's it. amazing. I think you could actually use that as kind of a slogan now. Like if Nintendo had that in their magazine now or as their slogan now or something, that would be amazing. It's the title yeah, so wave. Like title you're wave, riding you the mean? biggest, fastest, most powerful wave in video games. Powerful titles, powerful graphics, powerful choices. Right now, you can play over 100 blockbuster video games on your Nintendo Entertainment System. And the video game wave of the future is rolling in, looking bigger, badder, and more power-packed than ever. Are you ready for awesome? Like, that's just amazing. (laughs) Now, usually we don't uh, talk about the table of contents, but this one is uh, quite filled with nice, delicious puns. And... uh, (laughs) little humor like they talk about the hudson's adventure island on page 31 and it says master higgins is not a happy camper gilligan never had it quite like this and then uh cobra triangle we went overboard for this speedboat mission what do you think hi horrible <laughs> and then and then bayou billy with a little hank williams son of a gun we have big phone for you on oh, the bio just wait till we so, get that do i have something to say about that that little <laughs> game page that they have <laughs> and uh moving forward we have the mailbox usually we skip these letters because they're pretty dull it's just like oh, i'm a great player i beat this game i did that hey look at me i'm freaking awesome i want my name in the magazine but this is uh <laughs> this is quite a delicious uh buffet oh yeah of readers that i just couldn't ignore uh, almost all of them bear mentioning so i'm going to mention them the first one is fun for all ages. Uh, someone, a, a man named Ryan Mall, is 83 years old, says he bought a Nintendo Entertainment System two years ago. He lives at Rosewood Retirement Home. Now, considering the age of this magazine, I don't think he's with us, but I'm, in my heart, I kind of want to think he does, that he's still rocking it out on the Wii. But uh, it says that we play at least five hours a day, so these aren't just like, oh, I, I oh, I... It, it, I have it in my room hooked up to my TV, so I'm, I'm cool like my grandson. This is like, this is a guy that he came to play. And he has a Nintendo Fun Club in the home. So he's not just some isolated gamer on his own. He has rounded up the, the crew to get out, to line up their easy boys, their, their lazy boys, and just groove on this. Six members in the club and over 43 games. And, uh, you know, despite arthritis and uh, bad vision and all that, they've managed to beat Super Mario Brothers, Metroid, Metal Gear, Kid Icarus, Double Dragon, and Super Mario Brothers 2. And the club has recently subscribed to Nintendo Power. And the message they want to convey, and that I am so glad to see that it existed even then, was that you're never too old to play the NES. Uh... Like how how much did this lighten your hearts to read this? Quite case? a bit. <laughs> I, I I thought that was hilarious that uh, they're basically at like an old age home playing NES games, and I'm just like, yeah, this is exactly like old people a couple of years ago with the Wii. 
That's how I want to be when I get into yeah, a retirement totally. home. I just want to be playing video yeah. games all like, the what time. What else do you have to do at that point in your life? You know? Because, I mean, you can have conversations <laughs> with people and get to know them, but you're going to forget five seconds later anyway. And uh, the next one, I'll just... I'd like uh, to read one if you don't mind. Sure. I want to, I want to skip ahead to too, my favorite one. Too far away places? No. I'm going to talk about the art of playing. Oh. And this is, uh, it says, I am a 15-year-old ninth grade student at St. Edward's Upper School. I have a 13-year-old brother who attends St. Ed's Middle School. We live about a mile from school. So being under legal, legal age to drive, I take my custom-made golf cart to school while my brother prefers to get a ride from mom. <laughs> That's friggin' amazing. You're not old enough to drive a car, so frig you, I'll make my own vehicle. A custom-made golf cart. All right, let me continue. Hold on. <laughs> My brother and I are very different from each other. He is the athlete of the house, and I am the artist. While he wants to swim and play basketball, football, and tennis, I would prefer to draw, sculpt, make home videos, and create. One thing we do have in common is that we both love the NES. We spend hours playing games on it and eating popcorn in our spare time. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, great way, it's a great way for us to spend time together as brothers. As I said, I am the artist of the house. I enjoy working with modeling clay and animating my clay figures on video. The cover of the first Nintendo Power interested me so very much. I tried to make my own Mario with clay. It was a success. I also made a Mouser, Cobrat, and Pokey. I thought you might like to take a look at them. Trevor Moynihan, Vero Beach, Florida. And they've concluded a photo that he's provided to them and of his clay Mario with the blue hat. Nice favorite. Three bombs and it looks like a mouser on a brick Where's wall. Where's Pokey? I, I guess no that, I guess they didn't include that photo. But this is a, a pretty good photo. And the fact that he does like, he talks about like doing animation with clay figures. So he's doing claymation videos. Right. And uh, I just got to applaud this kid for his Mr. Bill level of... Uh, talent, and I hope he kept up at it. I hope he's doing like amazing uh, YouTube videos now. Oh, we'll, we'll get to that. He's also included a picture of himself, and he kind of has this uh, cocked smile with his yeah, looks looking like a down, douche. his eyebrows are up a little bit. <laughs> he, knows. he just looks a little too cocksure for someone who's 15 years old. Did he grow up to be Tim Burton? <laughs> No, I just love the look on his face. Like he looked at what he made, and he's like, "Yeah, I know yeah. it's that." Yeah, guy. exactly. So he 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 knows what he's bringing to the table. <laughs> so I actually looked him up on uh, LinkedIn, oh, and uh, yeah, I found him. He because not a whole lot of people were from Vero Beach, Florida, with his name apparently. So so he never left. Poor guy. <laughs> no, he actually did did leave. So it looked like all I can see is his like work history, right? Uh, looked like he got into eventually, he went to school for art and then eventually must've given that up. Um, cause then he went into being surgical inventory manager, patient care coordinator, and then he somehow changed his career to be a fine art sales director on a cruise ship. And then he did that for, on another cruise ship and he did that for self for years. That's amazing. And now people, it looks like, people- yeah. People get on a cruise ship to relax, and this is the guy that's just like, I'm going to convince you to bring this big, heavy piece of shit home with you. That's right. Kid, kid, that kid never left. He he may have lost his dream of being an artist, but he never lost his moxie. 
And now he's back into dental services, it looks like. As long as so. he's not killing lions, I'll, I'll be happy with him as a, as a dentist. Yeah, he doesn't. If he is, he's not putting it on his resume. So, <laughs> hey, I, I kill way. I kill lions and I do funny videos with their corpses. Well, Trevor Moynihan, if you ever listen to this, hats off to you. I hope your dental practice is going well, and uh, thank you for sending in your lovely letter to Nintendo Power so we can enjoy it many, many years later. And uh, uh, Chris, did uh, Rich, did you see any uh, letters from fans that struck you as amazing and awesome and worth mentioning? Uh, mostly that, uh, fun for all ages one that, that was the one that really got me. <laughs> so, uh, I think we pretty much covered, uh, covered me there as well. I like the faraway places one, uh, it's someone who teaches piano at home and uses a computer and teaching software and uh, teaching software and synthesizers have become also as much a part of the lessons as the piano. And uh, I won't finish reading it, but she says, My husband Robert was invited by the People to People Citizens Ambassador Program to go to China with other civil highway and bridge engineers and meet with their counterparts there. And she's included a picture of her holding up the Legend of Zelda with the box on the Great Wall of China. And this woman is, like, old and... Fan- like, she looks older than the people that go to my bingo. And... <laughs> But she's just there rocking the Zelda, and I just got to applaud Carol Stein from Mount Prospect, Illinois, of just being an amazing gamer to the end, and uh, just making our view, our readership just fantastic. This is just a great, uh, this has been a great mailbag. <laughs> but it doesn't show them actually playing the NES, it just shows her holding one up. It's so bizarre. Like, what would possess you to take the box of a game to your trip to China? <laughs> I guess, I guess, like, you can't, you, you, you can't, you can't, pl- what are you going to plug it into on the Great Wall? Right. At least you can take the, you can, at least you can take the box of the Great Wall and be like, huh? Zelda? But it's, that's my bitch. The, the very last, the very last line of her letter is, um, I went along on the trip with other spouses, and that's how we got this photo of an NES being played on the Great Wall. But she's not playing an NES. Well, she's old. Maybe she's got dementia. Maybe that's so what she think it is. She thinks holding the box is playing the game. <laughs> yeah, we're playing I think Nintendo. This, uh, I think this uh, possible mistake will lead to some of my other comments further down the road in this uh, in this probably first issue I've ever actually read cover to cover. So, and by and by red, I mean you know, you looked at come for the articles, but it's like Playboy. Uh, which brings us on to the adventure of Link Zelda Two Part Two. Uh, I've read all the footage here, and it doesn't seem to be like it's very in depth. But I haven't found anything really worth note. Uh, have you? No, I mean, I read it again, and uh, it just reminds me how how difficult this game is. I mean, if you go to the end of the section, it talks about nine steps to the Great Palace, and it's all about uh, basically gearing yourself up for battle for the final location. And then after that, it says on to the Great Palace, and it's got six more steps before you even get to the damn thing. <laughs> and it doesn't even mention, at the very end, it doesn't mention Shadow Link. It, yeah, it doesn't give you a guide for the final final area. <laughs> who is down in history as one of the most enraging bosses if you're not prepared. If you have no idea what you're getting into, this guy will wreck you. And uh, yeah, yeah th- thanks for 
two issues of coverage and not helping me finish this <laughs> damn game. I mean, what does it take to just seal the deal and bring this home? Uh, maybe in uh, later issues, we'll actually get a, uh, yeah. a game counselor who actually says, hey, you know what? The last bosses are usually pretty tough. Maybe we should mention them. I right. mean, I, I'm just spitballing here, but maybe we should do that. Well, you know, as part of me was wondering, you know, because they one of the back to the mailbox a little bit. Somebody asks about how can I get tips for non Nintendo games, right? And their answer is like, oh, well, call our counselor hotline. And there are other counselor hotlines you can call too by other manufacturers. <clears throat> and I'm wondering, was this actually like a source of income for them that they were expecting? Like, oh, if we make it just difficult enough where they have to call us, uh, then it's. One ninety nine a minute. Yeah, oh shit, wet. dog! We gotta we gotta get some of that money. You know, you gotta, you gotta whet that appetite. Probably get them desperate. Get them wanting more. Yeah, you and gotta give them a little, little taste of the Nintendo power. You know, get them right up to the end. And when they were like stuck, oh, I want to beat this game. I'm well, almost, I'm almost there, baby. The I just line. can't get there. I just can't get there. How do I get there, baby? And then <laughs> yeah. for Dial a the hotline extra, <laughs> for a little extra, they'll get you there. Yeah. Yeah, I honestly wonder. I, I would like to know if uh, it was a source of like income for them that they depended on, and they, they tried to make a business of it, or if it was just sort of like, well, people have been asking for for help, so we may as well do this kind of thing, you know. But it wasn't really a profit center. Well, in other in other issues of the magazine, they've talked about the counselor's corner where you can uh, mail your question in, so they can answer it for free. And uh, I think they mentioned uh, other numbers. They mentioned the tip line. I think in the first episode we saw those people. Uh, uh, wrapped around the That's magazine true. and with the spacesuits, yes. Yeah. So now this brings us on to Speaking the, of spacesuits. <laughs> yeah. Nestor CES report. Uh 1989 International Winter Consumer Electronics Show. Nestor traveled to Las Vegas for his first CES show. Over 100,000 people attend the show. Uh Rich, you're keeping up with the uh CES of 2016. Do you have any idea what the attendance numbers are on that one? Uh, no, but I'm pretty sure it's in the range of at least like probably three to 400,000, I'd say over the week, because I think, well, here, I think they said it's what, three days or four days, four days, it says four days. Yeah. Cause right. now I think in, if you include the press days, because what they do is nowadays they have, um, I think it's like one or two days of just press conferences and then they open up the floor and, you know, start allowing the public in and stuff. So I think nowadays it's closer to like a full week. So they've added a couple of days. So it's got to be at least like triple minimum. Do you think this was back then in 1989, this was industry and press only? Or did they, and they open it up later? Or was this for the public as well? Um, I think they had somewhat of a public uh, presence back in those days. But I don't think it was quite the same as it is now. I think it probably gotcha. still had to know somebody, but I mean, I don't know for sure. So I'm sure somebody will correct me on your Facebook page. Oh, you had to keep or the, online uh, Geek Fallout Productions <laughs> Facebook. Well, if we ever get any listeners, sure, I'm sure, I'm sure they'll comment yeah. on that. I'm sure that Rich can, if he wants to promote himself, at least he can mention this episode. We can uh, get a little cross promotion there. <laughs> sure, I'll, I'll and, think uh, about it. <laughs> so, anyways, back to my comment about the spacesuit. So, the uh, 
Oh, the tradition yeah. of having booth babes extends back all the way back into 1989. Except back then, I guess the bikini wasn't invented yet because they figured what way to get the gamers excited than to have this girl who looks like she was on the Facts of Life and just got out of the uh, Space Camp episode. She's got the 1970s uh, fair faucet uh, hair going on, the big golden hair just like completely blown out. And she's wearing an aluminum spacesuit with white tennis shoes, and the spacesuit is tucked into the tennis shoes. <laughs> and I, I love how so, the uh, the woman behind slash beside her is almost. It almost looks like she's like, "Hey, look over there! It's a camera taking a picture of you. Look good." And she's yeah. and she's and she's doing a duck face. It seems. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> so again, even before the internet, she's just like photo bomb duck face for the win. <laughs> right. And uh, so within the coverage, they have sort of a map. It almost looks like you're playing like Monopoly or a game board. Yeah, I actually really like that. That's a great way to cram all the information if you want. Plus, I get a magazine that I guess they want to promote user interactivity. So instead of just holding the magazine, how about we make them actually have to tilt the fucking thing? So uh, it's all it is is a schedule of events. (laughs) That's all it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the first one, start. I don't know why they have start like it's a frigging game. But uh, 10 a.m. He, he it's Nintendo, about, Mike. Come on. Everything's talks, a game. He talks about the Mega Controller, which uh, we, we've discussed in detail on the show and how it's frigging awful. Shite. Absolute yeah. shite. But it follow, but And that's the offering from Bandai. Now, this shite is contrasted by the fantastic, tubular, amazing, super awesome, great... Capcom offering Mega Man Dose. This was the first introduction I had to Mega Man. And uh, as far as music goes, action, graphics, this thing was just, it was was the tits. It was everything great from top to bottom. Play control was difficult, but not like, not enough to make it feel like it was the game's fault. It's just like, it always lets you know that it was your fault. And that with enough repetition, you could power through it. Do you have a different uh, issue than I do? Because on mine, it says Mega Man 2. Yes. Yeah, Mega Man 2. That's what we're that's talking what about. That's what no, said. you said do Mega you Man Dose. Do you know? what's, what's, what's that? That's Spanish for two? <laughs> the, this podcast airs in America, okay? I have to... You uh, do realize I live in Phoenix, Arizona, right? It's like half Hispanic here. <laughs> I'm trying to cater to my audience. Oh, that's right. We have to cater to an audience you may not be familiar with up at the up at the cold north uh, of Ottawa. Do you think that? Do you think that I was talking about like Mega Man as a crack dealer? Maybe. All right. Here's Mega Man dose. Here's a dose. Of, uh, here's a dose for you. Or like here's Mega Man with an STD. He's got the dose. Oh, Jesus. Hey, you you put me on this tangent, reader. Okay, this is all let's, your fault. Let's move on. <laughs> Okay, so next is Terminator Prototype. So I guess they have like demo NES cartridges there. And uh, he says it plays like Dragon's Lair. And uh, do you remember I sincerely how, doubt that. Do you remember how great Dragon's Lair was for the Nintendo? It was out for Nintendo? Are you kidding me? Yeah. I didn't know that. And I it thought it would be awful. I thought it was it just was, an arcade. <laughs> no, it was good as an arcade. But uh, as an NES game, because oh, it has yes. uh, limited graphics and controller input, just guess how good it was. 
I remember the uh, the Angry Video Games Nerds review of this. This is the one where he barely jumps. You can't make it over the drawbridge, right? And you, you throw a <laughs> you throw a, a knife. It like only goes at a, like a certain distance or something. It can like vanish before it gets to the end. And yeah, it's a side-scrolling platformer that is absolutely nothing like the arcade game, and it's completely awful. I think it's an LJN travesty. So that means that the Terminator prototype, he's basically saying, yeah, I saw the Terminator prototype plays like uh, garbage. Uh, yeah, because yeah, he, he can't say fucking shit in, in the magazine. <laughs> so he's just going to say, uh, you know, what double curse word can I put in here? Dragon's Lair, okay. Yeah, Dragon's Lair, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And next from Jalico, which I guess got there, was a ripoff of Coleco, was a couple of sports games. And moving on, Data East... <laughs> uh, bad dudes. One of my favorite arcade games is completing is coming. RoboCop still not complete, and now Heavy Barrel. Uh, not quite sure what Heavy Barrel is, although the name seems to sound like a a, a gritty Donkey Kong reboot. But I doubt that's what it is. Have any of you had experience with uh, that game or that arcade game? All right, Tecmo. <laughs> <laughs> like, Heavy Barrel sounds like a stage name for an adult performer. Yeah, it sounds pretty bad. <laughs> That's all I could think of there. Sorry. <laughs> that was Ron Jeremy's uh, poll name. <laughs> okay, met the ninja from Ninja Gaiden, plus this baseball guy. And it's just like, it's got this really awkward meeting between a baseball player and a ninja. Awesome. And the, the baseball guy, he, he's leaning in like he's like, Telling you like, oh yeah, so I got the uh, the Honda and it's got a good gas mileage. And, uh, <laughs> it's like, put, so uh, have you tried throwing your uh, shurikens in a curving motion? That's what we do in baseball. Yeah, I noticed the way you throw those stars, and I could give you some curve tips on that. Right. On that, if, if you're willing to. Listen. I just love how he's called the baseball guy. Like that's just amazing. Like <laughs> they didn't even well, they didn't even get like a real player to attend. They just dressed some guy up in a baseball. Yeah, outfit. and he's got like nerdy glasses and he's a receding hairline. He looks like he's the coach right. of like a little league game or something, and he really doesn't want to be there. <laughs> like he's the bench warmer from the local minor league yeah, team. Yeah, exactly. Joe, exactly. Conseco. And now the and now from the the captain of the IBM summer softball team. <laughs> Next up, they cover SNK. All he has to say is he was hoping Lee Trevino would be here, so that tells you how good the games are, that he's not even mentioning that they were even there. <laughs> Next is Acclaim. WrestleMania is a big hit. I'll cover the new title, Iron Sword, later. Uh, next, Konami with, and says mention it mentions, Bayou Billy is really wild, running short on time. Now, the artwork here, if this is supposed to be our hero... They did a pretty lousy job because he looks like a Cajun zombie. Or or just a murderer or something. Next is TMNT is ultra cool. Out of time, that's it for today. Although I don't know why because the next page mentions... Well, oh, it's, that's, oh, it's that's day, day three. three. You forgot about the little insert about uh, the new Zapper games. To the Earth and trick shooting and a really hot NES version of the pinball game Pinbot. I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> uh, next, uh, American Sammy, which is a little guy dressed as a uh, shy guy without the mask, and high tech. <laughs> that makes so <laughs> big much bird sense. With a t- big bird with apparently a tinfoil hat. 
<laughs> apparently he's big conspiracy bird. Holy crap, you're right. <laughs> I think it might be a tiara, actually, which is a little bit more disturbing, actually. Hey, Snuffy, have you heard that the Illuminati have taken over the government? Oh, bird, not again. Don't forget, kids. If you don't want the government to control your brainwaves, wear some tinfoil on your head. This is... I bet Mr. Hooper's not really dead. They just have him frozen in the Pentagon basement. (laughs) (laughs) So next is Kid Cool. First Gogo 13 and now Kid Cool? What what the hell does that tell us about Kid Cool? Is it supposed to be a shitty broken spy movie? Spy game? I don't know. No, next Activision. Classic comedy, digitized voices, different but I like it. The Three Stooges. Now, didn't the uh, nerd uh, play the Three Stooges game? Oh, God. I can't imagine that being any good at all. I know, but apparently this guy was uh, doing pretty good. Maybe whoever the author was was just a fan of the old Three Stooges. Yeah, I'm guessing this must be Howard Phillips if he's going as Nestor, because Nestor is his persona. So I guess uh, Howard Phillips has pretty lousy taste in in games. Uh, (laughs) I mean... You think that if he was a fan of the original Three Stooges, he'd be like, "This failed. This dishonored the original material. It's just abysmal." I'm ne- sure. Uh, next is Double Dare. Uh, these guys really know their game shows. Double Dare, Family Feud, Password, and Concentration from Game Tech. Uh, what the hell is Double Dare? Was that a game show that existed? Because I don't. Are remember you serious? Games. I believe so. Yeah. Oh, you guys did. Did you get Nickelodeon up there? Uh, no, no, but my oh, my dad well. actually knows the guy that created, uh, oh, what's that show where they dumped all the slime on you? You can't do that on television. Yeah, my one of my dad's best friends came up with that and then worked for Oprah for a while, and he lives in like this crazy mansion in the <laughs> States now. That show has not aged well, by the way. If you go back no, and try the yeah. clips, it's just terrible. It is so bad. Double Dare is pretty amazing. It, it's sort of like a, they, they have like teams of, like a, I think, a kid and a parent together and another kid and a parent and they have all these like physical challenges that involves like all right you're gonna play you know go through the oatmeal and find the marble yay and they have like these big like suits on it with like stupid helmets on their heads with like a a big hand on their head to catch stuff i remember Yeah, yeah that's just one of those buried in the memory bang things it's a classic uh early nickelodeon uh game show and it really set the tone of the network. I remember there was other game shows. I don't know if they were Nickelodeon based, but there was one like uh, Just Like Mom, where kids would go on the game show with their mom and try to like uh, match their answers or uh, cook things with them. And uh, like, the, yeah, there were some really weird kid game shows in the I 80s. Remember, yeah, I remember there being one like uh, it was like a a side of a house basically like the, it was like a house that was on stage but it was like vertical these people had to run like from room to room to find something that sounds familiar like we tear it apart the room that sounds very familiar and then of course there was like uh legends of the hidden temple Do you guys remember that one no uh no i don't oh, think that was i don't that think that's that canada that has held up really well and it's still it's all about carmen san diego <laughs> where in the world is carmen, carmen san diego, diego. <laughs> I love the beatbox at the beginning. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. The wear in time, too. Wear in time was the best one. Uh, next is FCI. 
they turned their space into a castle to match the theme of Ultima. So, yeah, don't tell us about the game. Just tell us about all these guys that are apparently dressed up like pirates, from what I can tell from that tiny little square. Uh, <laughs> They've next, got puffy shirts. Oh, next, yeah. Next, Jason makes me nervous. I think I'll come back later. And, uh, yep, so that's for uh, LJN. So it, the question was just, which piece of shit were they going to dump on us in 1989? Well, now you know what's coming. Oh, uh, you know it would be great if he said, this game plays as good as the Terminator prototype. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Full circle. Uh, next is Broderbund. This place is really crowded, and it's not just to see the game Guardian Legend. Yeah, thanks for telling us nothing about it. Well, he'll tell us later, though. So he'll tell you later. Yeah, he's going to tell us later. Come on, man. Don't don't stop that close to He's just to the teasing end. you. Come on now. We were almost there. You can't just stop halfway through. I love the yeah. last one here. It says, from hell, this same guy hogged the Air <laughs> Fortress game all day. It's got a picture of him. It's like, you son of a bitch. I'm the game master at Nintendo Power. I should be playing this game. I'm, ha- I'm Howard M.F. Phillips, and the M.F. stands for motherfucker. Now, let me play, damn it. Now, did you see the uh, the insert in this oh, one with yeah. the uh, second space woman? It's good. Which is pretty uh, cool. Is that well, a girl or a guy? That is definitely a girl. They're on the... There's two girls. One's in a space suit and one's in a more traditional Booth Babe outfit. Two girls, one pod. <laughs> two girls, one pad. Oh, because yeah. they're on the Nintendo pad. Yeah, they're on the uh, power pad. Oh, man. The power pad, yeah. Not, not a good time if those girls are on the pad today. Hi-oh. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> 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 I, I actually really like the um, the Nintendo display that they're playing on, though, and it looks like this kind of like I don't know octagonal or hexagonal display with a TV on each flat side yeah, and nice. two controllers. It's really cool. It's like a control deck from a uh, from a spaceship in a uh, sci-fi movie. Yeah, but it's got a TV on each side. Like that'd be great for like a. Uh, can you imagine having something like that in? Say you're in your in your um, in your man cave, but every different screen is a different gaming console. That'd be great for just like a coffee table because you could turn the screens off and it would just appear like black glass, right? And all of a sudden you're like, "Hey, who feels like playing some old Nintendo games?" I know if there was a way to if you there know? was a way to connect the Nintendos together, you could have like a nice little uh, Nest LAN party going on. <laughs> or you could, if you had different consoles in it, you could put the whole thing on a giant lazy Susan. And then you could just spin it to the next console without moving talking. your chair. <laughs> yeah, you just got a guy playing Super Mario Brothers three, and then you spin the console, and it just switches, and now he's playing Tetris. You son like, of a bitch! I just fucking that was my last life. I was so close to the end. <laughs> uh, and they talk about Faxanadu as a great adventure game, like Simon's Quest. Uh, was Simon's Quest that great? For some people, it was. It was uh, revolutionary first time, even though it was unfair and uh, just brutally challenging. Okay, so have any has anyone played Faxanadu or very briefly? No, and very uh, briefly. I guess I'll have to try that. That that'll be one of the many things on my uh, to do list. Day four is when Howard clearly went back. And he's he's looking at at certain games. He clearly went back. <laughs> look at look at how he's strutting. He looks like a guy from a Robert Crumb comic. He's just like strutting, and he looks like he's like half newspaper boy, half uh, poker player. <laughs> and just like what's the hot scoop there, see? Reporting is great, and he's got this fucking glazed look on his face. Oh, like, he's totally high. <laughs> he, he prepared before he came in. 
So he digs in on uh, Wizards and Warriors, Iron Sword, Vester's Quest, uh, TMNT, Mega Man 2, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. He talks about LGN games and then Broderbund. Yep. This one is named as Who Saved Roger Rabbit. So did he screw up the title or is that what it was released as? No, it's called Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I think I don't either he screwed up the title or he's just talking about the game. Save Toontown. They got stuff stashed everywhere. There's a car you can drive and you have to tell jokes. Sounds like your kind of game, Mike. Is yeah. that an LGN uh, game? Yeah, it's a shitty license. So yes, let's just let's just take the safe bet and go with Roger Rabbit. Fester's Quest. I actually owned. Um, I was about to ask about that game because why did he need his own game? I the, I don't know. It's, and this it's, was before the Adams Family movie came out, so. Like this was this was just operating on the uh, the old sixties uh, series, <laughs> right? It, it's a very odd game. Uh, you're playing as Fester, and you you go through like uh, it, it's extremely frustrating to play, to be honest. Because anytime you get hit, you lose your power ups, or you move, you like lose your power ups constantly. You have very little life, and it doesn't really make any sense what he's doing. He's kind of just walking around shooting like blobs. And uh, it's not a good game. <laughs> Let's just put, put it that way. Mega Man Two, obviously incredible, and uh, they have they they cover a whole feature in a future issue. So we'll dig into that. TMNT, I think that's uh, next issue actually. Yep, it says read the preview in this issue. Worth the wait. So definitely looking forward to their coverage of this because uh, that's a game I got to get back on because it kicked my ass before, but. Now that uh, now that we'll be playing with power, we should. Uh, should be I think able it's. To I think it's legitimately. I think it's legitimately a good game. It can be challenging and frustrating at times, but I think it's legitimately good. Now, conversely, we got some LGN games. The upcoming, <laughs> the the upcoming uh, licensed. Ugh, these poor licenses. Uh, Slap back- a license on a <laughs> on a turn within a game pack and call it done. Let's it find sells it- itself. Let's find a movie that's good and conversely shitify it on the on on the NES. Back to the Future, Beetlejuice, Pictionary, and Punisher. Now, I remember playing a game called The Punisher on the NES, and uh, you're just like a uh, it was an on rails game where you're just sliding from one end of the uh, screen to the other, and uh, you have to shoot things on the uh, screen and you uh, fight uh, various enemies like Jigsaw. Now, I can't, like, I can't, I can't dare to imagine, was that an <laughs> LJN game? Because I remember this Punisher game being good. Was there another Punisher know. game? We'll have to find out. I don't think there's another one, but I've been called something else. And uh, the final product from Broderbund, the U-Force. It's the future. A controller that senses the movements of your hands without you ever touching it. So Jesus. And, and, it's and, the connect. Yeah, yeah. It's essentially it's the connect and battleship in one. <laughs> and it does. It, it looks like a little laptop that you kind of unfold and you wave your hands in front of. Although this girl looks like she she looks like she doesn't even know what country she's in, let alone what console she's in front of. She just <laughs> looks so out of it. And you know what the problem is too? Is at the end here it says, "Lucky kid, Reed got to demonstrate U force for four days." Like, that kid's probably got PTSD. Was it by Will? 
<laughs> yeah, like that's terrible. And not only that, it's seventy five dollars. Like, Please let me out. I like when when I saw that, I was like, as soon as I saw them advertising U Force, the first thing that popped into my head was what their slogan, what my slogan to them would be is U Force, you shit, you keep it. <laughs> you force that's, don't force too hard that's how you force it out that's how you get hemorrhoids that's you right. don't force that on me is what you do keep that away from me and uh finally getting its own page the big surprise oh. M- move over michael jackson this glove will make you a video superstar called the power glove this controller by mattel should be out by christmas and uh there's nestor why is he shirtless but there is anyway, and he's and he's all jacked. I guess just like He Man or Hercules. As soon as he put this on his hand, he has the power. And lightning is shooting out of his hand because I guess there was a miswiring in the glove. But he seems to think that Howard's got the look on his face, like it shouldn't be doing that. You should only be able to aim it at the screen and shit. It shouldn't be shooting lightning. Ness, take it off. But Ness is just like I'm bad. I'm bad. I'm bad. So they're why really, is he playing video games in only boxer shorts? Because he's bad. I mean, like, <laughs> and like his hand is kind of in a precarious position while it's yeah. shooting stuff at this I other guy. The, I, <laughs> he's his forced, hand he's is placed stroking. just above his abdomen. He's only wearing his boxers. He's shirtless, and, and there's Howard stuff is, squirting out of his uh, fingertips. And Howard yeah. is horrified. And he's saying, yeah. I'm bad, I'm bad, I'm Nestor, so bad. That's not what the power glove is for. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> such a bad boy. Just like everything else in the comics, you're doing it wrong. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> so did this issue come out before The Wizard? Yeah. Oh, it had to, because that was what, 1990, 1991? Yeah, The Wizard, yeah, the wizard mentions uh, the power glove in it. What do you mean mentions? Isn't it like part of the whole reason yeah. that the, the movie got made? No, was to ad- promote the no thing? Super Mario Brothers three was the big promotion. At right. the oh end yeah, for the, that's uh, right. But it has like the asshole bully, and uh, he, he's just got the power glove on. He's like the power glove. It's so bad. And <laughs> l- 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 little do we know, he's not being he's not being facetious. He's, yeah, he's he was not. That was not a boast. No, he, he's telling you it's it's so bad. This is a warning. <laughs> I remember, I remember borrowing this from a friend, and I kept thinking I was retarded because I couldn't get this thing to work. Now that's debatable, but either way, the glove was a piece of shit. <laughs> I had a friend with this thing, and he had it hooked up with like Punch Out, and so like you kind of try it and like you wiggle. It's it's not like you just sort of move your hand over the place for most things like you can but it's like okay if you want to move like little mac to the left or right you have to like twitch your forefinger or middle finger uh you know and to do like short punches it couldn't tell the difference between like a short punch and like an upper punch so it was constantly doing like the wrong one when you try to move your hand around and you couldn't switch hands either right no it's all only right-handed and uh, what they don't show is it's completely wired up so you have all these wires hanging around you when you're trying to move it around and do uppercuts and stuff. And it's just sort of – the setup is totally – All the setup you need to do for the TV too, right? <laughs> yeah, because you, you have to hook up a uh, – you, you, you need an LED to uh, hone in on it to, uh, to level it, right? I don't know. I, was, I didn't see him set it up or anything. But well, it I, says I've here, seen it like says here the, technically it works with ultrasound. 
Now, I, I don't, I, I don't see him using this to determine the sex of a baby, so I'm pretty sure it's using uh, infrared. Lester's starting with that piece. <laughs> like, I'm, gonna... I'm bad. I'm bad. He's gonna check his sperm count with that thing. <laughs> He's checking himself for polyps and shit. That's right. Oh man, it's a medical device, right? And, and, and this monstrosity should be under $90. Speaking of which, I think this might be what Nestor is confused. It says, the demo games included a handball game. <laughs> oh, Nestor takes his handball game seriously. I like the uh, caption under the packaging, too. It says, the box is as cool as the glove. Like, ooh, I want the box, too. No, the box is definitely better than the glove. Yeah, pretty much. What's SMB3? Super Mario Brothers. Oh, yeah. Okay. Who knows what we'll see in... Yeah, Howard's at the bottom saying, who knows what we'll see in Chicago? Maybe Simba 3. Simba 3. <laughs> but uh, uh, moving on, that covers the uh, the coverage for CES for now, and uh, which brings us on to our featured title, Ninja Gaiden. Uh, have any of you played this game? Because uh, I've uh, relegated... I've regaled you with my experience. <laughs> Very briefly, I didn't which, have this game. Which was I had actually one friend with it. Which was actually Revenge of the Black Manta, not this game. <laughs> so yeah. uh, there we go. This was uh, a difficult game. It looked cool, um, but uh, I never really got any any time to play it. It's, it's it's something I I really would like to go back and dig in on. How about you, Rich? You have played this game? I think I played it uh, very uh, like maybe once or twice. Uh, it looks very familiar, so I'm pretty sure I've played it, but I don't really remember much about it other than I know I've heard from many sources that this game is extremely hard. Oh, yeah, but it's so enticing. Like, usually if a game is, uh, a Nintendo game is shitty hard, it uh, there's really not much there besides bragging rights, but there's just so much sugar in this to lure you in. With like the cinematic at the beginning, which is something that Nintendo games usually have for like three or four seconds, and then it will just uh, like like you've seen how shitty the the cutscenes are in are in Nintendo games simply for storage reasons, but they put so much into the uh, the cinematics, like where it shows two ninjas running towards each other at the very beginning, and then they jump at each other in the moonlight. Uh, it it. Uh, it, it washes out in color as they slash their swords and they both land and one remains standing as one falls. And we find out that that is the father of the hero, Ryu, who has fallen at someone's hand. And Ryu gets the letter, uh, find my old buddy, be brave. And they really seem to describe the each cutscene in, in sequence here, which... I thought we were going to learn about game tips. Why are you ex- why are you explaining the cutscene? Like the cutscene does a great job of explaining itself. Yeah, it says how you play. Watch the cutscenes. Yeah, but uh, they do give you plenty of coverage. They let you know where all the power boost items are. Uh, the boss at the end. Well, they talk they talk about how it plays, and if you haven't played it. It, he, it's not like uh, most of the platformers of the time where you jump up and they they do sort of a unnatural flight into the air. I mean, even Mario, when he jumps, is boing. You know. <laughs> he, he can control his ascent and descent. Yeah, that's not how it is in Ninja Gaiden. It's very quick and very short jumps. Uh, it's not to say that he can't get vertical very quickly. He can, but it's 
it's totally different. With a, um, yeah, a very confusing, a very confusing wall jump, which you would normally think you would have to lean into a surface and press B, but apparently, like you have to, you had to hit a surface and somehow press the button away from it, just like the wall jump in Metroid. You have to aim away as you're jumping without somehow sending your character flying away from the screen before engaging the jump. It's like, okay, you got you got to hit the surface and lean away. Okay, and then you end up like throwing yourself away from the wall before you actually hit it and then you don't get your double jump. Well, you it, it's he actually hangs on the wall. Anytime you jump on a wall, he just hangs on it. So you oh, have time helps. to to be able to direct where you want to go. And it, this you can't only you can only go one direction. You can jump off it to the other side basically or you can jump down. That's pretty much it. So that's that's why it's uh, when it says springs back and forth, it just involves the player basically hitting left, right, left, right, and jumping in order to move up um, a surface. And you he's know, jumping off walls and signs and stuff like that. You know, with this mechanic, they could have made this a Spider-Man game. They could have if uh, they didn't keep, keep uh, feeding all of the uh, licensed games to LJN. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, you're somehow, like, you're going through this inner city area and you're finding all these... Uh, I guess there are street toughs and punks and uh, uh, thugs and stuff. Then you end up at this bar, and a uh, complete theme change here. You have to fight uh, someone who looks like he came out of Dragon Warrior. And he's just some guy dressed up in a skull outfit, and uh, he's got a meat cleaver, or an axe. And his name is Barbarian. And, uh, yep, so you have to... You know, don't get chopped up, hit them, and you move on. And uh, the coverage here is pretty extensive, but nothing of real note as far as I've uh, discerned. Although I do like that uh, there's one scene where uh, it mentions a cutscene and Ryu is uh, encountering a woman. And he's like, you're just a girl. Go away. (laughs) Like, get your cooties out of here. I like this uh, picture of uh, Ryu they have down at the bottom here. He's reading a letter that was sent to him. My dear Ryu, I am about to set out on a duel. If I do not return, take the dragon sword, the one kept by the Hayubasa clan from generation to generation, and go to the U.S. There, meet my old friend, Walter Smith. (laughs) Ryu, be brave. So, in typical Hollywood fashion, this deep, entrenched, long and historical Asian culture pivots around a, a white American. Yep. Last Samurai, uh, a bunch of other stuff. So again, like the white man will fix everything. Yeah. What was uh, uh, Jean-Claude Vett? I know he's an American, but they attempted he, to make him American. What was his first blood Amer- sport? Right. Amer- American Ninja, blood sports, universal yeah. soldier. Oh yeah. Like there were so many movies about like, Okay, well, this is an ancient Asian art, but the white guy's gonna, the white guy's gonna take us. The white guy's gonna fix everything. That's kind of how it's like odd that like up until uh, Creed, the every single like boxing movie has featured a white guy. You think about it. It's kind of true. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's so few white dudes doing boxing now. You know. And uh, one thing they talk about the ninja arsenal. Now, it's a bunch of hand-drawn, uh, well-hand-drawn items, but they don't talk about 
how they apply in the game, where you get them, or like who you use them best against. It's just like they just decided to give you a history of uh, ninja weapons, like the nin like the throwing star. Uh, some have a cross, some have many points. Then the makabishi, which are basically uh, uh, like tire traps for your enemies. But they don't tell you like who you use them on or anything, so it's just like a basic history lesson. Right. Sickle and chain, ninja sword, scrolls, which give you the art of flamethrowing, the art of suiton, which is basically <laughs> breathing underwater. Yeah, is there a point in the game where you have to hide from your enemies while breathing through a reed in the water? I don't know. I think this might just be histories about what yeah. ninjas did. Was this in like was this like was this like one of the the, the few Nintendo games where you could actually go into regular water and it doesn't freaking kill you or dissolve you? <laughs> I seriously doubt that. <laughs> yeah, so they just took a detour here because I guess they ran out of uh, coverage. Well, we got to fill space in this bottom section of the page. Yeah. So in instead of like helping you get through the level, they just decide to spoil everything by telling you that you find uh, Dr. Smith, but he's been killed by Jackio's men. And then they uh, then they have to then the, then they get taken to the CIA because apparently the CIA deals with ninjas. <laughs> yeah, let's go to G man. Oh, and aliens too. Well, they have aliens, so that makes sense, right? Oh, That's yeah, what appears to be in that screenshot. I want to talk about this uh, illustration of one of these uh, bad guys here, Bassa Queer. What does that mean? Huh? Bassa Bassa Queer. Bassa Queer. Formerly yeah, for Area 3? Yeah, formerly a member of the Fraud Squad, the Five Ranges of Doom, he joined the Malice 4 on the insistence of Chakyo. <laughs> the illustration just has like this, I thought it was a woman at first, because it has this giant pex and this tiny, tiny waist. <laughs> it's true. It just oh looks very gosh. odd. And uh, before we go off of Ninja Gaiden, I want to go back to the to the art at the beginning of this article. And then, uh, it's got some awesome uh, depictions of Ryu, you know, with the sword out, jumping in the air, slashing people, et cetera, et cetera. And it has like a, a appears to be a bad guy in the background. And it looks like he uh, looks like Piccolo. <laughs> a, it looks like a giant, like a uh, black dude, like cloak from a uh, Marvel series. You know, what I'm talking about. Um, and uh, he just has, he's like purple man. And uh, he's yeah. looking down like this giant mountain on Ryu, and he has his ears <laughs> sticking out, like uh, like you said, like Piccolo from Dragon Ball Z, or, or almost Shrek. like Shrek, you know, or those bugs that like blow into their eyeballs and make them stick out, kind of thing. <laughs> you're just oh like, what gosh. the hell is this? Where does like this mammoth uh, dude fit in with these eyeball things sticking out of his head? Like, what does this have to do with anything? Yeah, so that's this month's coverage of Ninja Gaiden, because again, this game, this is this follows in the uh, tradition of games that are so big that even a bi-monthly magazine can't contain all of them. And uh, then we move on to a game that I've had some experience with, Adventure Island. Now, I can't remember which Adventure Island I've played, this game but looks I've terrible. played a I've played a couple it's of them. And terrible? How dare you? No, they're simple. No, they're simple, cute fun. Although the artwork on here makes it look like Master Higgins took too many coconuts to the head. Yeah. <laughs> he definitely he definitely looks retarded. I like buttons. <laughs> I I got on a trip with that apple. <laughs> <laughs> 
And, you know, in the game, he's got this grass, he's got the green hula grass skirt on, but in the artwork, he's consistently got the the leopard loincloth. Like, why? You've and got a the red hat like Mario. Yeah, you've got the screenshot right there. You know that he's got a white hat, and he has a green grass skirt. Like, why? The artwork is so consistent. Why? I love the, uh, I love him on the skateboard. <laughs> the skateboard. That's hilarious. If I if an enemy hits me while I'm on a skateboard, I'll lose the board, but I won't get hurt. Oh my god, he looks <laughs> he looks like he's in the special ed. He looks like special yes, ed. Exactly. He kind of looks hilarious. like uh if you ever seen like with babies, like they they get like a flat head, you know, from laying on their back or their side too much. So now <laughs> they get like a medical device. To put their head in a helmet yeah. to try and like make it <laughs> that kind of looks like that, or it looks like he's a little bit special and they don't want him to hurt himself. <laughs> uh, my name is Master Higgins. I'm gonna rescue a princess. Well, even yeah, yep, sure you are. You go ahead and do that. Even on the next page, it's got him like <laughs> bouncing around, almost like stepping on uh, a snake or something, and it says, Let's motor, boom, boom. <laughs> Like, <laughs> <laughs> look at him. He's got those freaking crossed eyes. He's so fucking goofy. Boom, boom. I made boom, boom. Now we start up the Whoa. hill. This axe Whoa. works great against oh. snail. Wow, I, I almost fell in. <laughs> he looks like the special uh, black sheep of the uh, Mario Brothers family. <laughs> like they set him down a warp pipe to a deserted <laughs> island. And he didn't even realize it. <laughs> it's true. Oh, hey, Mario. What, what do you got for me? Hey, Paisano. Uh, you know, why don't you go down this warp pipe? Huh? It's like... Yeah, you, go, you got friends there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go down there. Okay. <laughs> you know, you know, Higgy, all you have to do is just get a cap with your initial on it, and you come back with a fucking B. I mean... <laughs> I mean, you can't go on adventures with us, okay? You clearly don't got what it takes. Right. So go on this deserted island with the... Uh, with the I got a letter just like you. I got a B. Is that is that what it is on his hat? <laughs> yeah, it's a bumblebee. Yeah, yeah, it's the Hudson. Yeah, it's the Hudson logo bumblebee. That's I got terrible. a letter T. <laughs> that was great. I got a letter too. I got a B. <laughs> <laughs> It was oh so God. bad I made you laugh. That's good. I'm glad. <laughs> that, that, that was freaking cool. <laughs> <laughs> it just suits him so well. He, he, yeah, he had a little misunderstanding of the requirement for the hat. <laughs> I did it. I did what you told me. <laughs> I thought, no, I got uh, my hat. <laughs> At the end of the uh, area two page, uh, that's a. It says uh, to be. It says, "Well, two areas down and only six to go. I hope the princess will be all right. This may take me a while." And he's like standing on top of the weird alien rhino thing's head, where the the rhino's like scratching. He's not even trying to get him off of his head. He's like sweating, like he's like, "Oh my god, what is this this weird thing on my forehead? Please let it go away." King Quiller is his name. Uh, all of this artwork is fantastic. He's like throwing a stone axe, but he's doing it two-handed. And he's just got that, that look of pride on his face. Like, I made a hit. 
And then, like, it says, like, find bonus stages. And it shows him jumping off, like, a little wooden bamboo trampoline. But he's nervously eating an apple. Like, oh, I hope I can do these two things at once without choking again. I thought he was so oblivious. He was kind of like, walking around. Oh, I got an apple. Boing. (laughs) Oh, that was fun. And and you look at this artwork. Another one, like, he's pointing pointing at you to, like, get the egg hidden on the edge. (laughs) And 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 the last one, he's holding up his axe with such pride. He's like, I made it to round one. Hold on, Leilani. Here I come. I'm going to save you because I'm a superstar. <laughs> Lovely. What? Okay. Okay. Enough disparaging this poor fellow. Poor guy. Oh, look at the, his, oh, the skateboard. Oh, my gosh. It says, oops, I hope this ground is soft. <laughs> he just got this. He's got those goofy eyes again. Oh, my gosh. Everything is just so sad. All right. So in relation to the actual gameplay, I do remember this being very uh, slippery in terms of the controls. And that was probably the most difficult thing for me to try and get a handle of. Like you play him like Mario. He's got a little bit of, of give when he jumps, you know, and you, okay, uh, went too far. I don't want to fall. Well, Master Higgins here is like. He's got some traction, but this guy's barefoot. And apparently all the grass is wet. <laughs> right. It's just like so loose. Like you have to backpedal so hard to try and uh, uh, get out of the way of something. This is almost like a, uh, like a runner game that like you would have on a mobile device now where you have to try and jump through. Like There's no going back necessarily, <laughs> you know, except you only get three lives and once you're done, you're dead and that's it. I remember playing these games. I, uh, I had fun with them. Like the, the play control is a little slippery but overall, it's not. Uh, it's it doesn't feel like a broken game. It uh, it delivers. It's not broken like Mas- poor Master Higgins. We but. all know why you had fun with the game. <laughs> uh, this is fun. <laughs> so rich. Spe- why didn't game. you like the spe- game? He was special like me. <laughs> I, I've actually never played it. It just looks really retarded. Oh whatever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, looks. Hey, looks can be deceiving. Okay, special people can rescue their princesses too. True. It's a lot better than some of the games that have been featured. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, so... So it's not by LJN? Uh, no. No, it's, it's made, made by, by Hudson. Yeah, Hudson. They make some pretty adequate games. You you act as if I should know that, like, Sierra. Yeah, it's like, it's like Sierra. It's like adequate games. All right, let's move on to the centerfold poster of Strider. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who? But apparently this this poster is epic. Like, he's coming in with friggin' arms the size of, like, tree, tree stumps. 26-inch pythons, brother. He's just ziplining in, and he's letting you know that he's bringing the pain. Yeah, with his uh, galactic hula hoop. And, and, his, weird, and his weird Nike light-up shoe Yeah, treads. I thought that was actually really shoes, cool. Shoes and don't forget his bandana with, like, his ripped, um, his ripped scarf behind him. Kind of reminds me of that... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was that game The Reaper or something for the original Xbox, I think, where the character was dressed all in black, but he had a red scarf around him and it was all ripped up like a little cape. It was all ripped up at the end. Huh. Oh, I think I've seen, well, he, well that type of uh, outfit or accessory is in uh, quite a few games. But this, yeah, Strider. What the hell is Strider? Well, 
Capcom Strider is an exciting game of deception and intrigue within the confines of a powerful secret organization. And uh, I could read the rest, but it's just boring the hell out of me. Did you? Ever, <laughs> did any of you play this game? I have, but I didn't actually realize it was ever ported to Nintendo, to be honest, because it was an arcade title uh, that's pretty decent, actually. Uh, but I never realized there was a NES port. Yep, and at the beginning of this, we see a power meter next to an empty player meter. Now, this one, the power meter for graphics and sound is under 4, play control under 3, so not good play control, it seems. Uh, under Just under 4 for challenge and theme and fun. Now, what the hell is the power meter? Well, they're not going to tell you for another 60 pages. I know, so we'll I was so confused. <laughs> I was like, but, does that do, do the exactly. do the players think these games are horrible? Because none of these are are have any. It's all zero. Yeah, they're completely empty. So <laughs> we think these games are good, but all these knuckleheads they ain't they ain't yeah. impressed. The player meter. <laughs> now uh, I don't really have anything to say about this game. Do you? Strider had a recent uh, release on uh, Xbox One and PlayStation Four, I believe. Uh, it was a really? brand the, new remake, yeah. The franchise, the franchise lives on. Yeah, I actually picked it up because on the PlayStation Plus, you know the free games. Huh. It's not bad. It's a nice platformer where you have you get power ups and whatnot. It's pretty decent, actually. Okay, and uh, the next game is Cobra Triangle. This game uh, is fun. Well, yeah, you like oh. RC Pro M. Now you got wait, to wait, wait, wait. Sorry, pretty much. I forgot one thing. So the the Strider. If you actually go and you read, um, you read a little further than where you did. So just listen to this. Hold on. This is actually quite funny because of how badly it's worded. And I, I swear it's because they must have <laughs> they must have taken it and translated it from Japanese. So it says uh, it's an exciting game of deception and intrigue. Blah blah blah. Your friends and foes, uh, friends and foes, are off often undefined as you move through various different areas attempting to uncover the fiendish plot of the Zane Project. As Hiru, the strongest and only C-class strider in the force, you will attempt to rescue your lost friend Kane and save the world from an awesome computer named Zane. Why, why do I need to save the world from an awesome computer? <laughs> Does that make any sense? I guess the population's just not ready for it. It was like, what if we had the internet in the th- what if we had the internet in the thirties, or you know, what if we had iPhones in the fifties? People would be like, "Hey, check out this amazing device! It works with mobile transportation. It has a map that works with mobile transportation, so you know where you are and where you're going, even on the bus." Finally, a black friend you can't sit <laughs> at the front of the bus with. So you you just know that sometimes people just aren't ready for the technology, despite how good it is. <laughs> So I think that's why that's why you have to save them from the awesome computer. Otherwise, other, otherwise, like these racist inbred assholes will probably do something <laughs> awful with it. You have to wait until the population's ready for it. That's why you got. That's why you got to save Kane because this world's full of assholes. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting way I'm putting way too much stock into this game. I think they were just using the alternate definition of the word awesome, where it just means powerful. Oh, maybe. Yeah. So. Sorry to burst that bubble, but Aww. I think that's what they were doing. 
All right, so let's move on. We talked about Koba Triangle a little bit. It's a speedboat game. It's it's very it similar to RC awesome. I would I, I want to play this game now. It is fun. Like, oh my god, and it kind of reminds me of uh, Hydro uh, Thunder almost. Like a pre pre Hydro Thunder. A, a little bit, yeah. It's an isometric uh, racing game with speedboats and power-ups and weapons and everything. And and there's a friggin' sea serpent. Yeah. So, you know, you didn't get that in your RC Pro-Am. You didn't get friggin' Bigfoot running onto the track, but now you got Ogopogo <laughs> coming after you. Check out the power-up options. Um, there's like, uh, looks like fighter jets flying overhead. Uh, you've got missiles. Uh, whatever the hell. Temporary visibility. <laughs> Uh, speed boost. You can fire more bullets and turbo to increase your acceleration. Yeah, and uh, apparently you can catch air, so I guess you might want to watch out for hitting those airplanes because your boat will get up high enough to hit them, apparently. Right. And uh, the power meter gives it a solid four for graphics, play control, and fun, and uh, almost four for challenge. So, And again, nothing on the player meter because... Who cares what the players have to say? Yeah. They haven't played it yet. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that takes us to another feature, the oh, Adventures of Bayou Billy. Now, oh, the, oh man, I've I got notes on this. <laughs> Me the, too. Uh, <laughs> the first cutscene photo that it shows on the, uh, on the first page, it looks like Ken and Ryu making out. Oh my god, it totally does. <laughs> Just, if Ryu was wearing, if Ken was wearing a dress, I guess. He is, he always wears a dress. Now, with his with on his tippy toes, come on. Well, I guess one of them's a little shorter than the other one. I but, can see uh, it. If it, only they it, had like her sticking one leg out, you know. It ranks it ranks pretty high on the power meter. Four and a half for uh, graphics, four for play control, four and a half for challenge, and for theme and fun. So I'm surprised I didn't get to play this game because it looks like it delivers according to the uh, the power guys. And uh, I'm looking. All I'm doing is looking at these cutscenes, which is friggin' hilarious. Uh, the stage one photo. It looks like Bayou Billy is pushing a red ninja into the lake to to feed him to the crocodile that he put in there. And uh, stage three, the first cutscene on the bottom shows uh, Billy giving a flying kick to some big bald bruiser. Oh, that's not a cutscene. Those are that's in game. Oh yeah, that's what I meant to say. A <laughs> screenshot. Okay. And uh, he, he's delivering a flying kick to the guy, but uh, it clearly doesn't have any effect because in the next photo, Bayou Billy is being put in his place, and that place is Blowjob Billy. <laughs> <laughs> and It's uh, like Bayou Billy gave up on, on hitting him in the face, like I'll just headbutt him. And the guy's like, all right, well, let me bend over and give you a giant wedgie. It was just like grabbing his ass. I think I can explain why this up. game is so I, I think he's like, I think he's like, you want to... You want, you want a headbutt? Okay, well, you, you so can start So if you with actually go back to the first page where it says the adventures of Bayou Billy, fast action found in Konami's latest. There's crack shooting, four-wheeling, mud-flying, fist-fighting, action-packed into Konami's soon-to-be-released game, The Adventures of Bayou Billy, and this one's as steamy as the swampland itself. What the fuck is crack shooting? That explains the blowjob scene. And 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 crack shoot means he was shooting it up, right? He was shooting up in his veins, <laughs> yeah, right? That's why you don't shoot crazy. crack. It's a rock. Yeah, he was shooting crack. I mean, come on. Well, then, well, you have to chop it up and you have to chop it up and put some that's why you get this. You, you get the spoon out. You yeah, know, you cook it you in the cook spoon. it in the spoon. Come on, Rich. You well, know, you got to cook it in a hollowed out um, alligator. I mean, come on, Rich. <laughs> 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 then you get the needle. You dip it into the. <laughs> 
Yes, we, we've seen we've seen the movies. Wait, it's really right? bad. Give me instructions on how to shoot up crack on the <laughs> Playing with Barra podcast. Editor's note: If you're figuring out how to do drugs from our podcast, okay, congratulations on being drug free thus far, and then <laughs> fail on you for finally caving into the non-existent pressure of the uh, Playing with Power podcast. Uh-huh. And uh, now for stage six. It's clearly a graphical glitch, but uh, I just like to imagine that uh, Bayou Billy is whipping this person so hard he cuts them in half. <laughs> oh yeah! And then on stage, and then on stage eight again, he uh, a Cajun brawler somehow a big fan of flying kicks. Here he is attacking uh, three triplets, and then the next stage he's being attacked by a flying windmill cat. <laughs> I thought he was throwing something hell? at the cat or dog or whatever it is. It looks like it's jumping up really high onto him. He's ho- he's holding a gun, so he's not throwing anything at the cat. He's trying to shoot this invincible samurai pizza cat. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, but uh, they talk about the amazing uh, diversity of games because there's the action levels that we've uh, that we've talked about fighting. the fighting levels. And then there's shooting. Oh, yeah. And you get to use the blaster to shoot some enemies. And uh, and you can choose to play this with or without the zapper. And then finally, if shooting and zapping and kicking and punching wasn't good enough, now you can do driving. Mm-hmm. Now, this game really does seem to deliver a shitload of diversity and challenge and fun. It does. Uh, this, this game looks phenomenal. Why... Why isn't there more of this Bayou Billy stuff? I mean, so I did play Bayou Billy. Uh, it's not like uh, so that has fighting, shooting, and driving. Those are like three different game modes. So it's not like a different levels. It switches off between shooting mode and uh, fighting and driving and all that. It's like they have the driving game within this game pack. They had the shooting game. Oh, within this that's, game pack. that's a little disappointing. I would have liked to seen like you you hop from one. It's like all right, you've done your punching. Well, get your gun out because now it's time to right. shoot. I mean, like I I don't see why they couldn't have added these things. I guess it has to do with the hardware. Like it has to start and initialize with this control. I don't think so because Google thirteen switched between different modes pretty easily. Yeah. They could have done it. It was a deliberate decision. It might have been from a, like a developer perspective, it was probably easier to go, okay, but we'll have these guys work on the shooting piece. We'll have these guys work on the driving piece, you know, so that way didn't have to, you know, diversify their skills too much. Well, all you have to do is throw a line of code in there. It's just like transition from one to the other and to the other. They could, they could have mixed this all up because I had the impression that this game was like some phenomenal panoply of, of interactive delights. And now it's just like, oh no, you get to play like, there's like no real story. You just uh, you you just choose like which of three ways do you play this game. So right. yeah, it's a bit of a letdown, but it still looks like it uh, it's fun despite this letdown. Yeah, I'd I'd be interested to know from a developer perspective if the shooting and driving portions were initially part of the Bayou Billy game for the plan from the get go, or if they were like. Ah uh, shit! The game's kind of short. We need to like pad the game pack with something else. What else we got? Or it's kind of shitty. Hopper there. Well, we got this uh, <laughs> shooting game that we just started on. All right, toss that shit in. We'll we'll just say he's shooting bad guys in the bayou. All right, what else we got? Oh, we got a driving game we just started on. It's, it's only a prototype. Yeah, throw that shit in. He can you know drive his jeep around and whatnot. 
Yeah, we got we we got this shooting game, but uh, it, we were go, we were going to put it for we were going to put it in the Punisher game, but LJN rejected it because it was too fun. <laughs> it didn't be their quality standards. <laughs> <laughs> it exceed no, it exceeded their quality standards, and that that's was why the they problem. Back. <laughs> so, Rich, you seem pretty excited. Did you notice any other amazing goodies, or did I happen to? Uh, to, to accidentally cover them all. You, you pretty much covered most of them, but my biggest one was just the the, the crack shooting. Like that just <laughs> that was a good catch. That yeah. just that that would have been that would have just been a great little uh, that would have been a great mini level. Like, how does Bayou <laughs> Billy have all the energy? How does he just hold it together through all this stressful and, and fatigue? Like, how does he do it? Well, well here's not just how. That, that's the hidden fourth also, mode of the game. It says. There's crack shooting, and it's S H O O T apostrophe N. So it's shooting, <laughs> not shooting or shooting, shooting. Well, well, that's well, it's the that's the Cajun. Yeah, well, that's how they did crack back in the old Western days. <laughs> Western days. I don't think this is a Western days. I mean, <laughs> I find it kind of this is trying to capitalize on the 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 Bayou, the Louisiana Bayou craze. It must be like an American version of Crocodile Dundee. So you wanted to have like a, a swampy, uh, strong muscle guy with like alligators and shit. So, you know, what's the closest thing we have? Well, we got the Bayou in Louisiana. All right. Well, how about we make a Bayou Billy and there we go. All I know is I, so this is sort of unrelated, but I used to work at a blockbuster video back in the day. And uh, I always see this VHS cover of this movie called Gator Bait. And all it was was like this hot chick with like her shirt like partially open so you could see some side boob and she's wearing like jean shorts. And I was like, yeah, gator bait. Was that a you know? Oh, man, I'm, I'm going to go home. I'm going to go home and gator bait after this. I think I watched the trailer at some point. I'm like, this is nothing like the cover of the VHS at all. I'm very disappointed in not watching this movie. <laughs> the, the, the cover is more scintillating and I'm exciting. Than the oh, yeah, it was just a bunch right of now. like hicks talking. <laughs> you did. Take yep. a look at it. Half animal. I'm not wrong, it right? It says untamed and For deadly. a young man working alone at a blockbuster video, you're, you're, you're starting to think things, so right? Li- listen to this. So it says untamed and deadly. She ruled the swamp with a blazing gun and a luscious smile. Gator bait. That's right. Half animal. All woman. <laughs> <laughs> so she's an actual gator? Uh, no, no, she's not. She's just a girl that only has a longer t-shirt on. And lots of cleavage. It looks like she took, oh, yeah. like she was sleeping with, uh, uh, what's it, Davy Crockett, and she stole his shirt in the morning to go and shoot some crocodiles. <laughs> so half animal is referring to her attire rather yeah. than her genetic. And it actually kind of looks like uh, in the background there's a man who I'm guessing is supposed to be saving this woman, but it actually looks like he's dumping a bucket full of something down her throat. So... Lovely. Uh, yeah, you know, you know he is. Why don't you have some chum there, darling? The gators. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm about to chum. Oh. Bad, but uh, <laughs> some of the screenshots of the movie actually look pretty decent. <laughs> okay, I'm about to so save that for another podcast. But my point on. was there was an odd <laughs> thing in, Amer- in America where there was this trend of wanting buy you content. Like, I've never seen that before or since. Like, where did this craze come from, from wanting, like, oh, we need a Bayou hero, you know? And then, uh, lo and behold, Gambit comes out, I think, a couple years oh after God. this. Right? 
Oh yeah, my chair. Yeah. Let me show you my. I think he tree. was the end of it. Oh. I don't think there's Are you that. sure you weren't talking about Gator Bait Two: Cajun Justice? <laughs> no. <laughs> that sounds awful. But the. <laughs> that sounds like that sounds. Like, the only way it could be redeemed if it was a softcore porno. <laughs> this one, she's actually wearing less clothing in a sense, and more of her boob is hanging out. Uh, I'm and listening. She's got a snake wrapped around her. You head. had me at Gator Bay yeah. too. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm I'm still looking at this. This is too funny. All right. Well, you you bookmarked that. Let's come back to that later time. Let's move on. Okay. Okay. The next game in our. Uh, the next game scores very high on the, on the power meter. It is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And they got the names right. They did. So that's a good start. The only bummer about the, beginning, the intro of this game is they don't have the music from the cartoon yet. Yeah, because apparently this game was made before the cartoon series. Right. It's based on the actual comic books. It's not based on the cartoon yet. Which has got to be a pretty big deal because usually you would license a... Uh, a very popular Saturday morning cartoon, but before that even came through, they were just like, you know what? I think we can, uh, I think we can uh, make something out of this, which really shows the interesting artwork because we're looking at a, uh, a crane droid, right? In the at the at the very bottom with the four identically colored bandanas on the turtles, and uh, yeah, you get to see like what seems to be several crane droids. Just like the uh, current Nickelodeon one, where Krang wasn't one alien brain in the torso of a machine, but several, but an entire species that got around that way. And uh, it's a pretty interesting development uh, in the artistry. It's very good imagery. Uh -huh. it's, it's kind of a weird hybrid in terms of like the timeline for when this was developed, because parts of it are, are clearly, you know, they, they took the the comics as uh, inspiration but like later in the game when they or in cutscenes, they show like they have shredder they have bebop rocksteady they've got the technodrome at the end april o'neill you know they've got april o'neill which is very clearly inspired from the cartoon so so it's like a precursor a, it's a like, little bit it's like the it's like yeah like the tv show is based on this did, did it come out at the same time i mean they might have been in development at the same time trying to share and line up you know before they yeah, released definitely because it it definitely the, came out in the, the 80s. You mean the um, the cartoon? Yeah, the cartoon came in, out in late, late 89, I believe. But you can okay. tell that yes, they so. had somewhat of a notion of what was going to go on with the TV right. show. Because, yes, they have all the same colored bandanas in the animation, uh, in the picture, which is true to form of the comic book. Because in the comic book, they don't have differentiating... Um, Different colored bandanas. Yeah, different different color bandanas. But if you look up top in the graphics, they all have their different colored bandanas and elbow pads and knee pads and apparently even their chests are different colors. Their <laughs> their actual shells yeah, are different colors. That's funny, I don't remember that from yeah, the game, but that's weird. <laughs> I guess not everything transferred into the uh into the um into the TV. So show. who played this one? I did. I have this game. It's awesome. I think I still have it now, actually. I I played bits and pieces of it, but I never got to own it, so I never got to play it enough to get past the the awful learning curve. And uh, I didn't have good memories of this, but they talk so much sugar about this, like excellent play control. So it looks like if I could just get enough practice, I could definitely uh, tear through this game because you know graphically, musically, it is it, it it's very sweet. 
you know what's really sad is the fact that um you know like uh, reading the Nintendo mag uh, Nintendo Power magazine for the first time here I've really noticed that I really could have used this as a child because like the the map oh, details sure. like it's it's insane everything was so confusing but and it's like what here's, how am I supposed to get around here's where in lies the, the problem because I'm reading this now and I'm seeing all the different levels and stuff <laughs> I have good memories of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the game I loved the crap out of that game um, but looking at the maps, uh, it appears I never made it past area one. <laughs> so, <laughs> apparently it wasn't awesome. as good as I thought. You have good memories cause you didn't get down to the beat down. That was the exactly, sewer level. Exactly. The, uh, oh my God, the underwater level. That is basically, even it tells you here, like you can fight, but you sure can't swim. Right. And it, it says you're they're the freaking turtles. The turtles will have to ex- <laughs> The turtles will have to explore underwater caverns and disarm eight bombs that are set to blow up the dam. You would think the turtles would be able to maneuver well underwater, but this is not the case. Ever since they grew to human size, Don, Raph, Leo, and Mike have become lousy swimmers. <laughs> so it makes you wonder, like, why couldn't they have been found in the sewers by Michael Phelps? <laughs> because he was probably uh, not even born yet. <laughs> really? Really? Uh. You had to go there? How many other famous how many other famous swimmers do you know? Because Mark Spitz was a diver, so that doesn't count. I think we'll get to see. Uh, I don't want us to talk too in depth about the TMNT because this is just a uh, this is just a taste. We'll be. Uh, I expect we're going to be getting more coverage. Oh, for sure. In a uh, later episode, so we can talk more about the uh, all the amazing storyboards, the graphics, the animation, and the amazing and engaging underwater seaweed level, which. Which uh, which teaches you your first curse words. This takes us to Counselor's Corner, and uh, I have to say, as far as game tips go, I'm uh, I haven't really been grabbed by any of the uh, like. How do I get to Brahms Mansion in Castlevania? They mentioned how to do that <laughs> and uh, how to defeat the enemies in Blaster Master. Uh, they, I'm pretty sure they mentioned those too. Now, taking us to the my previous conspiracy that dads are taking over the uh, the counselor's corner, we've got four more hotshots, and none of them look like dads. <laughs> they may become dads later, so it looks like the uh, it looks like the cool, hip, young, handsome diversifying. have no. I think that they violently stormed the uh, the gates <laughs> of castle counselor corner and they violently ejected the usurpers so? to their throne and it's just like they, they've restored balance and order that the cool gamer people are back in the dead i don't know and brian uh, ulrich is not reign, that cool peace will reign throughout <laughs> the land yeah well i guess he got grandfathered in he's just like you know i'm like no 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 my, my dad's a dad so i kind of look like a dad but i'm cool yeah, trust really. me my dad was a dad. <laughs> so, That's great. Okay, so, um, yeah, as far as game coverage goes, not that much there. But we have the uh, Howard and Nestor comic where Nestor, he really hates book reports and wishes he could just go home as he has to walk through the library. Now, I thought Nestor was supposed to be a teenager, but given his height and his legs in comparison to the rest of the books, apparently now he's like eight or nine. But uh, he's going through the library book and he's reading Shakespeare, Hemingway, Dr. Seuss. Don't they have anything good? (laughs) 
<laughs> now this is a for this is a fucking horribly organized library if all these guys are held together because they don't belong together by any definition of the Dewey <laughs> Decimal System. They're not alphabetical. They're not by content. Uh, oh my gosh! But then he finds the Adventure of Link. Now I had no idea Link was a book. <laughs> Did you? It's not. I do so like that he, he drops, yeah he drops it. On, and it makes a loud well, noise, and then he says, and, Well, excuse Which is the me. classic line used in the Legend of Zelda cartoon. I know. So Which is nice amazing. Little, uh, it's, a nice little, it's a nice little nod. That's a nice thing to search on YouTube, by the way, is to find someone make a clip of every time he says it. Well, excuse me, princess. I know. He ripped it off Steve Martin, too. <laughs> but it's, it's, an, it's a nice homage. Well, excuse me. <laughs> so he opens the uh, the non-existent book about the adventure of Link, and he uh, he envisions himself as a green-capped hero wandering the forests with egg-shaped mountains, and like the artwork on this is stunning because he comes across this uh, weird, outwardly fanged wolf soldier with teeth that come down and then out. He envisions that he's fighting this thing, but in reality, he's just being an asshole in the library and uh, yelling and attracting the attention of the stern but surprisingly sexy librarian who's gunning him to uh, just be quiet. And, of course, he's thinking these people don't know how to have any fun. No, they're having fun studying. You're just being a disruptive asshole. Now it says Nestor could not convince the Riverman to extend the bridge so he could go f- so he could go no further than the town of Saria. Now I-, I thought he was reading the book about the adventure of Link, but apparently now it's the book of Nestor. <laughs> so the cons- so points for artwork minus points for consistency. But he's trying to bribe the ferryman with his collection of Metroid tips, and uh, he's just trying to figure that he has to figure this out on his own. And as he crosses the river, he's going through a forest, and he gets bushwhacked by a large figure in armor. And who is it? Everyone's favorite know-it-all, Howard. (laughs) And he's like, what are you doing in this story? Me? What's he doing in my story? And before he can even explain anything, Nestor, uh, Howard, being the know-it-all, already knows that he's looking for Bagu so he can cross the bridge into Saria. And he's offering to show Nestor the way... But Nestor's just like, oh, no, you don't. You're not going to ruin this the way you always do. But in reality, he's headbutting the sexy librarian in the ass. <laughs> and then she decides, and I'm guessing she's turned on because she's dragging him by the ear to, their, to her little office in the back so she can, quote, discipline him. But uh, I don't think he knows what he's up for because he's just like, ow, are you listening to me? Are you Howard's sister or are you just having a bad day? <laughs> so... I guess everyone in this family wants to screw with him, some more literally than others. So that's this week's, uh, this issue's Howard and Nestor. Uh, Any thoughts on this comic? No, sir. Let's move on to classified information. Uh, It's something very useful is they have a stage select cheat for Google 13. Are you going to use it? Hell (laughs) no. So you can get get past the broken stage. Get past the part that's stuck? Probably not. Because I would still have to <laughs> so, stand and shoot while the guys are ducking and shooting at the same time. 
you could see what the final stage is like, I guess. If I wanted to. And uh, what makes it neat is that like it's clearly hex code that you have to enter because it goes like 32383B, 121E. So uh, if you're a programmer, then, you know, I guess it's... You shouldn't be that surprised. Oh, it just seems like a like a development debug code. Like, oh, I gotta go test this level. I gotta skip ahead. How do I do this? You know. And uh, next is the stage select for, oh no, not the stage select, but just like how to get started in Mylon's Secret Castle. I tried playing this game and I just got uh, distracted and just <laughs> nope. That good, I, huh? I, I'd rather play. I'd rather play Kingdom Hearts than uh, than that. So. Oh, they have your uh, uh, next up. They have. Uh, my game, Adventure Island, bonus stage and continue. You must find a B at the end of area 1-1 to have the ability to continue. When the game is over, hold right and press start. It's not really much of a thing if you just use the item you get. <laughs> Here's how to use the item. Yeah, so not much of a tip. And uh, next one is uh, bonus stages will let you reap in a crop of ripe fruit. And uh, yeah, there's that. And then the, the only one I uh, wanted to mention was Operation There's Wolf. There's your guy again. Greater gratitude, evil President <laughs> Ronald Reagan. Like, at first, like, if uh, if you don't get enough survivors, he's like, not very satisfying. But if you can free all five hostages, then he's got this horrible grin, and he offers to shake your hand. And I just feel that if you do shake his hand, he will then open his mouth and ingest your soul. <laughs> Like it will just unhinge like friggin' mummy. And you'd be like you're like Ravashkalali Nachalalaida and then and then there you go. And then like you're you're just like this dried up husk that gets swept out of the Oval Office and he's just like and then his hair turns black again and a few wrinkles disappear and then he just waits for the next soldier to uh, come along so he can give him a quote commendation. <laughs> and then that covers a bunch of various uh, other games, and then we see the top thirty Super Mario Brothers 2 is ranking number one. Uh, number two will be Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. And number three is The Legend of Zelda. Number four, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Uh, nothing keeps the chant down for very long, and he's back up to number four from six last month. So a nice surge in popularity for the uh, ever-entertaining Punch Master. Uh, number five is Contra. And next is the Power Pad Playoff which is absolutely awful. <laughs> it's got these uh it's got these 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 three kids on each team, uh, reds and yellows. It's just we, like one is a girl like jumping in midair, so introducing in red the Power Pros and wearing gold the Nintendo Nuts. Let's go. Oh, and uh the only game that you think would be good would be the Dance Aerobics cuz with the Power Pad we should have gotten 8-bit Dance Dance Revolution on this thing. I mean, you could have played, like, nice, beautiful midis of, uh, of like, Michael Jackson and Madonna songs. Or, like, some Queen. But, no. What's this person doing? Well, in the pictures, they're just standing astride. Or standing without even looking at the TV. And another one, she's not even standing on the friggin' buttons. And then at the bottom, they just start playing Twister. Yeah, that's pretty much what they decided. This just looks like child actors that were paid for a photo shoot to try and sell this accessory. They're like, oh, what if we just take all these pictures and put it into an article and try to make something of it? Oh, yeah, they were having a competition or something. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's so terrible. Then the video shorts, 
and shows California games. Now, I don't feel I need to mention this because all the uh, all the scores on the power meter are three or less. So, not that engaging. <laughs> I like California games. There's a lot of games in one. It's kind of like, uh, it was decent. I, I think I finally figured out why the player meters are all blank. I think their intention is that you, the purchaser of the magazine, fill it in yourself. Oh, that's great. It's like a coloring book that's already filled. <laughs> what is your rating on the player meter? Next is Taboo. Uh, did anybody play this game? Because I had a, a brief experience with it myself. No, I don't think so. This was a uh, a strange game, talking about like tarot cards and shit. And uh, my neighbor across the street, she had this game. And uh, I guess like I was over there for whatever reason. And I ended up playing it with absolutely no idea what the hell it was. But uh, being raised Catholic, I saw like tarot cards and like these swords and stuff. And I init- and I immediately thought like this was like a digital version of a Ouija board. And if I keep playing this game, I'm going to like get possessed or something. <laughs> the devil, you're inviting the devil so, into your house. The devil inside. So I just like played... Inside. I just played once, and I was just like, I, 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 I don't get it, and I feel like if I understand it, that's what invites the evil spirits in, so I'm just going to like go home and like stick with Zelda or Dragon Warrior. And uh, that was my brief <laughs> fling with Taboo. They talk about uh, Nobunaga's ambition from Koei, which is still around. And all, the, all these screenshots are amazingly boring. Yeah. Uh, it's just numbers. Why don't you show me like enemies that are attacking or shit like that? No, it's just hey, look at all these numbers and it's shit. A, yeah, well, look at their it's numbers. It's a tactical and shit. game. They still have this kind of game today. It's like Dynasty Warriors Empires or Dynasty Warriors Empires? is so amazing. That is not a strategy. It's not the game. same yeah, as a, regular Dynasty Wars. That's an actual. That's an actual game that you can run around and like hit things with. There's no action. No, no, you're thinking of the regular Dynasty for... Warriors. There's Dynasty Warrior Empires, which is different. It's a strategy game series. Yeah, but I bet you see characters doing stuff rather than a bunch of. Numbers oh, and nowadays, shit. yeah, they they see the map and you can your little guys go over the map. You don't really see any big cutscenes or anything. It's fairly similar. I mean, but just think about how limited the NES was. They have Final Fantasy. Ta- <laughs> Final Fantasy Tactics had uh, was good. I mean, like if you want to see like oh for sure. I'm not saying this is a good game or anything. It looks fairly boring. I never liked tactics games mostly, to be honest. But they obviously had something going because these guys are still around making these kind of games today. Yeah. Next is Desert Commander, and uh, it looks like an interesting thing. <laughs> thing. It looks like a very in-depth game. But what gets me is the screenshot at the bottom with all the uh, the boulders, the trees, the grass, and the desert. This looks like Super Mario Brothers three. It's another tactics game. Yeah, and it shows like, but at least this one you get to see you shit, on, get the to see shit on the screen. It it says units left: Germany zero, Britain seven. <laughs> so uh, I have no idea what the hell this game is. How you play it? The pictures aren't very helpful. But again, this is clearly where uh, Nintendo got their icons. For the uh, for the overhead map in Super Mario Brothers <laughs> yeah. Three. Next up is uh, Mappy Land. Uh, I wanted to play this game simply because when I used to read Archie books, I saw so many uh, ads for Mappy Land on the back cover, and uh, it always looked interesting. But here in Nintendo Power, all the uh, issues look bleached out and very 
painfully bright. Nappyland is freaking awful. Don't waste your time. <laughs> uh, next is Airwolf. And uh, at the bottom, it shows a open jackknife, a pair of sunglasses, and a helicopter. What do all these things mean? Frig you. That's what they mean. <laughs> yeah, and it shows a cutscene. And next, at, at, the, at the helicopter, the uh, the rotor, the, the blades are, are uh, breaking apart. It's going so fast, you just can't see them. And next is Predator, where Chocolate Schwarzenegger has to fight the purple people eater. <laughs> A little limited uh, on the oh color gosh. palette, apparently. Yeah, I mean, like, where Schwarzenegger, he looks, again, chocolate, and the Predator is completely purple from top to bottom. Uh, I guess, like, he's got that in common with Jason. It's like, e- like purple is the okay. color of evil. I, I tried to play this game not that long ago, actually, and uh, it, it was frustrating to me that you start out with a knife, and I was like, what? No. And I was like, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> How can, how, can, how can you base this off a video game? There's only one bad guy in the movie. You're not facing, like, a, an army of weaker predators before you face the predator. So who the hell do you fight in this game before you face That's off not the predator? true. They had, like, the Contras in the, game, in the movie. Okay, that would be, like, the introductory <laughs> level. And then the rest of the game would be, okay, now you know how to kill people? Well, congratulations, you only have one more enemy and seven levels to do it. Well, look at, I mean... The Major will have to use all the experience and cunning to defeat this alien foe and the enemy soldiers that still look about. The scenes you didn't see for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because apparently that, apparently that one little hut, that wasn't all the enemies. <laughs> so I guess it's an interesting uh, turnaround, but you think, that you, you, th- you think that as soon as you're aware of the Predator, that you'd be telling them like, Hey, quiet, there's a guy here. He's invisible. But he's really tough, so you got to stop Get to the me. chopper! But next is the Nest Journal, announcing a revolution in home video fun. On April 1st, 1989, Nintendo of America unveiled a new series of game packs, which will become the latest craze for the popular NES system. They're part of the AFD reality game system, which emphasizes activities from everyday life, and so on and so forth. For instance, in the Home Life series, the game pack Muchroid teaches you how to give the dog a bath, clip its nails, and train it to fetch your slippers while at the same time you're beset by leaky plumbing and visiting relatives with three Siamese cats. And all this garbage is uh, leading you on that the AFD stands for April Fool's Day. Oh, really? Uh-huh. So, yeah, that was that. Oh. Yeah, next is something that... Uh, <laughs> you're disappointed. Well, no, I, just, I was wondering <laughs> what the heck the, the game packs were. <laughs> They were Mommy Kong, Kids, Sisters no, Are Us, or Russian I know that, but what Russian the heck is a game pack? <laughs> is that multiple a, games in one? It's a cartridge. Oh, no, it's a game cartridge. I... It's their special name for a game. Oh, oh I gotcha. Next up, we have Celebrity Profiles. Out of nowhere, again, we have random uh, pop culture invading Nintendo Power. It talks about somebody oh, named, I... uh, what was this, a Dallas star? Sh- Shalane McCall. I looked up what happened to this All right. girl. Now, first, like I promised our listeners in the preview post, a cute girl gamer, and this girl is stunning. And it says that uh, it all started in uh, December of '86. Uh, blah blah blah. She ended up on Dallas, and now she's a very hot sixteen-year-old girl, <laughs> which was fine because I was nine at the time. <laughs> And she's age-appropriate now. 
but I can't find any pictures of her. But um, apparently, bef- after these pictures, before these pictures were taken, she was dating Brad Pitt. Really? <laughs> yep, because he was her boyfriend, and he was 23, she was 15. So Brad Pitt just, you know, friggin' nailing Ooh. it. And uh, she's talking about the amazing uh, games that she wanted to play. She was on uh, something called the Super Mario-a-thon. It was an event to help... It was a fundraiser for the Scott Newman Foundation, an anti-drug organization. And uh, this girl, stunning as can be, apparently doesn't have better things to do than playing Nintendo. Which, again, in the 80s, a cute girl that likes to play video games. Did you know anybody like that? Uh, no. no. Exactly. They didn't exist back then. I didn't even know any in the 90s. Exactly. But apparently this one existed. And she was, she said that she's really looking forward to Super Mario Brothers 2. And uh, she doesn't just play alone. She hangs out with Ahmed Zappa. Yeah, the son of Frank Zappa. And Ryan Lambert from Kids Incorporated. And they hang out at each other's houses and play Double Dragon and shit. And she's uh, quit Dallas to pursue a modeling career. And guess what happened within two years? Because I looked this up and it is not a happy ending. Suicide. No. Oh no, she no, she's still alive. It was just career. It was just career suicide. She ended up marrying a. Uh, well, this year that uh, she was uh, taking the picture, she became legally emancipated from her parents at the age of 16. And the very next year, in October 1st, she married musician Trent Valadares. Yes, that Trent Valadares of the band Clyde. Never heard of him. Yeah, exactly. Me neither. And uh, as of September 1st, year 2000, she was living in California, USA, working as a librarian. So the modeling career never took off, despite the fact that this girl is stunning from head to toe. So sad ending. Well, for I, her. I that she looks happy. Actually, I, I took a look at Getty Images while you were telling us because she, she can't she can't see her future coming. Well, no, I I took a look at uh, Getty Images while you were talking to try and find any photos of her, and she popped up in two thousand for the premiere of The Patriot. I mean, it's fifteen Ooh. years ago. I mean, sixteen years ago now, but. I mean, she looked really good then and looked very happy. And next is the Nintendo Power Awards for 1988. But uh, big surprise, it's just a glorified player's poll. And uh, the the categories are best graphics and sound, best challenge, theme and fun, play control, character, ending, player versus player, and best overall. Oh, let's just do the the overall one. So it's got... uh... Zelda 2, Legend of Zelda, Gogo 13, Super Mario Bros. 2, Mega Man, Double Dragon, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, Metroid, Blaster Master, and Bionic Commando. Rich, let's ask our guest here first. Rich, out of those games mm. I just mentioned, what would you pick for number one? I'd have to say it would it'd be pretty close between Double Dragon and super mario brothers 2 even though super mario brothers 2 is a horrible game i have a lot of fun memories playing that game but i'm gonna have to go with double dragon nice nicely done mike what would you pick i really had a lot of fun with mike tyson's punch out up to the end couldn't seal the deal on iron mike i haven't played bionic commando or blaster master or metroid uh double dragon that was a game i could beat 
So I guess I've got to go with Double Dragon and Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Mario Brothers 2 was a decent game, but a little weak in the ending. And uh, Zelda, I don't know, it was pretty cheap with that whole second quest bullshit. <laughs> well, I think if I had picked at the time, I probably would have picked Legend of Zelda. But now I, it's uh, very difficult for me to pick because I enjoyed most of these games, obviously with the exception of Golo 13 and Zelda 2, which is a pain in the ass. Double Dragon is good, but I'm more partial to the sequel, uh, Double Dragon 2. Same with Mega Man. I feel like those were yeah. so Mega much Man better, better than I, the, the... Too bad it wasn't a category right. I I know it's not Go-Go 13. I honestly, <laughs> as far as my personal favorite, I'm going to have to go with Blaster Master. Okay, and uh, now finally we get to explain the rating system. I don't know why, since they could have just given this quick thing at the yeah, beginning. Yeah, it seems oddly placed. Here's the explanation. We always know our experts' opinions. Yeah, we're giving you your own player meter to fill out and compare with Hey, ours. I was right. Oh, son of a bitch. Get your uh, Sharpies out. Graphics and sound. Well, in case we needed explaining, bright, sharp graphics and sensational sound effects will win a game high marks in this glitzy category. No shit. Challenge. Make sure you match your skill level to the challenge rating. You'll maximize your fun if a game is not too easy or too hard. Play control. When you can actually feel the connection between your controller and the screen, that's play control. Theme fun. Who knows why, but some games are just fun, fun, fun. We'll give you our impression with this rating. And on pack watch, you get to see one cop just spazzing out on what seems to be a poorly drawn power (laughs) pad. Uh, Same thing with Athletic World, where this guy's got friggin' eggs for eyes, and he's looking at the screen. The only thing worth mentioning on the all of Pack Watch is Batman with a drawing of a friggin' goofy bat instead of our favorite Cape Crusader. And it says there's, and just in case you think, well, maybe it's a different Batman. No, it, there is a mega huge budget. There's a mega huge budget motion picture of Batman due out this summer. So yes, they're talking about the Cape Crusader of DC Comics, and yet they couldn't get an, enough anything to draw a friggin' man in a bat outfit and they've got an actual bat with looks like a cracked head and dizzy eyes well how about what they picked for chess master it looks like a, it's like a suit of armor with a giant eye poking out of it it's just a chess game there's no eyeball dude in it oh you know, oh i guess you weren't playing eye chess then i like uh i, I never heard of this game but i'm kind of interested to see what it's like street cop and <laughs> this is a power pad game that, that <laughs> where apparently you're a beat cop. Use your nightstick on sneaky criminals hiding behind the trash cans. I wonder if this is like uh, just. I'm really interested to see if it's like very racist <laughs> for the time. Like, oh, look at another crackhead back there. Go rustle him up. You start stomping on him. You know. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! He no no no! He just looks black because it's nighttime. I thought you were going to say <laughs> that it was Bayou Billy. <laughs> probably yeah, next is Arcade Alley where we get to see all these amazing titles being converted nicely to the NES Bad Dudes, Super Dodgeball, Guerrilla War and Thundercade any uh, thoughts or memories with the, the NES version or the arcade version of Bad these titles? Bad Dudes is fun Bad Dudes, good yep. game uh, next is Pinball Alley where we get to see three different pinball games and uh, have you ever played many pinball games that weren't on a pinball machine? Not on yes. a Nintendo. 
I did actually play some Nintendo ones. I do remember that. I don't remember which ones, but I remember I had one. And I think the only reason I got it is because I asked my dad for a game, uh, to buy me a game. And I think he gave me like $3 or something or $4 (laughs) or something. So I had to go out and just buy the cheapest possible game I could. The, uh, the first game, the first pinball game I ever had any experience with that I can remember is Kirby's Pinball for the Game Boy. And I had this uh, wonderful case for the Game Boy. It had the analog, it had the analog joysticks as well as a, a front light. So I remember playing this thing in my bed, even though the whole thing weighed about six pounds. And it was just an amazing light up big button case that wrapped around my Game Boy. And it even had a magnifying glass over it. I had one of those. Oh, it was so sweet. And I was remember playing that game to my Alan Sherman records, which not you wouldn't think it's good game music, but apparently I didn't know how to blend things together back when I was a kid. So I was just listening to his, uh, like my, uh, my son, the uh, singer, while I'm just racking up uh, points and uh, watching Kirby bounce around the screen. That was my memory of it. And it looks like they mentioned Dragon Warrior, and uh, they were talking about Dragon Quest Three. Well, Dragon Warrior is the American version of the game, which inspired it, and its sequel, Dragon Quest II. The Japanese version was the role-playing video game hit to become a mega-hit. ETA is still a way off. And that was one of my... I think it was my very first RPG experience that I uh, remember. And the music... I mean, you I mean, you guys play Dragon Warrior? I saw no. people play it. Oh, uh, the music... I mean, just at the beginning, I just fell in love with it, right with the... Music and the sound of trumpets at the beginning, like bum 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 I mean it was just such an amazing use of the sound card on the NES and such a nice little song that it was nice and long enough, but not too long where you start getting pissed off with it. I'll I'll gush about it more as we cover it, but I'm looking forward to mentioning that because I played a uh, a modified version of it recently with Mario <laughs> as the uh, as the guy, and instead of slimes, you fight Goombas, and instead of like all the characters are all the icons are swapped out, but it was it was done halfway. The characters are named like Koopas, Goombas, Boos, and like the Specters are named Boos, and like the Dragon Lord is named Bowser, but they stopped swapping out the icons halfway through. It was still nice to have, like, the uh, the hero, the princess say, like, Mario, you must gain this much experience. And it was a, uh, it was a nice little mod, but it, 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 ex- it exposed a lot of flaws in the game where it gets repetitious. And the fact that you can beat the game without even rescuing the princess. Because, like, you have to uh, just take a left turn when we're in the cave. And if you don't, you just come out the other side as you normally would and you can, uh, you know, get your armors and shit. But if you forget to rescue her, the king is just like, uh, now can you rescue my daughter? And he's like, oh shit, I knew I forgot something. Lovely. So that wraps up this issue of Nintendo Power. We're running a, a little longer. <laughs> Significantly longer. A little. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the last thing in this in this issue, which is this advertisement at the end. It's got the Player Pro model wearing the spacesuit outfit with Nintendo logo emblazoned on his pocket. Totally and he's in that. some kind of command central where he has 
uh, <laughs> at least nine monitors uh, around him. With Metroid, Castlevania, Mario Brothers 2, right. Link. I can definitely see all these games in action. Uh, because yeah, it makes sense the... to play nine games at the same time, of course. <laughs> and he's holding up a uh, issue Nintendo Power. And this is basically, uh, this whole advertisement is trying to get you to get other people to subscribe to Nintendo Power. And it gives coupon basically to your friend. You get to be honorary Nintendo Power, was it team member? Is that what it says here? Yeah, team power membership, whatever that is. They give, they give you like a free certificate basically for nothing. And uh, But your buddy gets six bucks off their their subscription. <laughs> which seems like a chip. Also, sorry guys, valid in the USA only. I actually see 13 monitors. Do you? Those just look like posters of the packaging on the bottom. Yeah, they look like, like boxes, boxes rather than the actual screens. Res- yeah, because resolution looks faded on the other things, but... Uh, Your yeah, resolution's uh, faded. <laughs> That concludes this issue of Nintendo Power. Thank you very much for our guest, Richard Reeder, for coming on. Rich, how can people get a hold of you if they want to hear more from you or read more from you? Uh, They can get a hold of me in my bed, which is where I will be in about five minutes. Uh, No, but they... (laughs) Yeah, shit, it is a little late, isn't it? (laughs) Two in the morning. (laughs) Anyway, uh, you can uh, find me on uh, Geek Fallout Techno Babble on a hopefully soon-to-be weekly basis. Um, You can find me on also some of the other uh, Geek Fallout shows, occasionally Geek Fallout the comic book episodes, as well as the regular mainstream Geek Fallout. You can find me on Twitter, at Reesh613. I also run the Geek Fallout uh, Facebook page and Twitter feed, at Geek Fallout. So find us there. Thanks again. And Mike, how can they get a hold of us in between our sparse <laughs> but lengthy podcasts? <laughs> it's not the size. It's it's not the size is what you do with it. <laughs> now, that's fake. <laughs> it's a lie. <laughs> okay, okay, I guess we'll have to hear. Uh, we'll have to have a, a therapy podcast so that we can hear more about Rich's, uh, Rich's dilemma. No, yeah. you can find us on our Facebook page, Playing With Power. You can tweet at us, although no one has yet. It would be nice. At uh, GetThePower88 on the Twitters. And you can find me, Mike King, on Facebook. Just look for the Mike King in Ottawa. Or, you know, the guy that's liked this page. That would probably be a lot easier. And... Uh, I'm also doing some stand-up. If you're in the Ottawa area, I'll be at uh, I'll be doing some stand-up in the downtown area at the Avant-Garde Bar and Grill on Besserer Street on uh, 14th this of this month. I look forward to uh, getting some new material out there. Hopefully, this podcast will be up before then. And uh, that seems to be everything I've got going on right now. Uh, Ben, what about you? They can, as usual, I say they can reach me through the Facebook page. Uh, yep. <laughs> please feel free to uh, please subscribe. It's a hollow yes. question. <laughs> please subscribe um, on iTunes uh, or whatever your preference is for consuming podcasts, and uh, give us any feedback you would like on our Facebook page or on iTunes. 
and we'll be happy to read that and uh, take it under advisement for future issues. Um, so let's go ahead and wrap it out. I'm Ben. I'm Mike. And now you're playing with power. Hey everybody, this is Mike. Ben forgot to record an outro, so here I am reminding you that if you enjoyed this retrospective and you're looking forward to hearing more episodes, well, you don't have to wait much longer. We will be back with a new season very soon, and the special guest just might be you, since we'll take anybody on the show, as long as you're funny, interesting, amazing, or uh, awesome, or interested in games. So, pretty much our audience. So, if you want to, uh, if you want to support the show but uh, don't have time to be on the show, you can recommend us to people, tell us about the, tell them about us, or tell us about the people you want. Like, whatever, we're, we're, we're accessible, we're listening, we're not that big that we can't, uh, we can't take out uh, time for you. I mean, we, we, we can uh, still remember each and every one of you by name. Our fan base isn't that big yet, but, uh, you know, you can help change that by telling people about the show. Recommending us on iTunes. Support us on Patreon if you don't want to feel like talking, but you got a lot of money and you feel like throwing it at people that you think are awesome. So that's patreon.com slash playingwithpowerpodcast. You can also catch us on Facebook, facebook.com slash playingwithpower. And you can find me on Twitter at GetThePower88. Tell me how awesome I am. Retweet me. Spread the word. I don't really get stuff all the time. But, you know, if you know how to make the show more popular, tell me. Or just do it for me. Great. Okay. Love you. Bye.